Welcome to episode 152 of CGM's Pixels and Ink podcast. I am. Is anybody keeping track anymore? Apparently, we are. Of the numbers. <laughs> like, does anybody, mm-hmm. does anybody really Someone care? Someone is. Point? Brendan. Brendan Somebody is cares. Track. Okay. And Somebody it's cares. But it's worth it for when we get to the milestone number so okay. we can celebrate. But then we always start over again, and so we never kind of get there. It's just this huge cock tease. Yeah, that's true. At some point, there's like a reboot, and then, you know. It's the, like podcast blue balls. Almost, we so. almost hit 500, but no, let's start again. Yeah. And it's going to happen with this. No, we're going to make it to 200 before we start again. Sweet. All right. So, I'm joined by the usual cast characters, Phil M. That's me. That is you. And Wayne. Yeah, and for whatever reason now, I've got like Elton John and Can You Feel the Love Tonight going through my head. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I've got Elton John's Can You from? Feel the Love Tonight. Did you watch The Lion King before no, you came I, No, I, I think it's because previous to the recording, people were talking about love and feeling it. And then all of a sudden, Elton John just sort of popped into my head I because like, I wasn't yeah, feeling it. Yeah, I don't remember that at <laughs> all. Phil and I were talking about Batman and his Oh, no, wait, no. It was because you said some, it, Phil or somebody was like, you love us. Oh, and then, oh, I, yeah. said and then like, I started saying, I don't need the love. And then Elton I John s- popped into my head saying, asking, can you feel the love tonight? And, and my you. answer to that was no. Actually, now and forevermore, I cannot feel the love. I said I love this you guys like a tapeworm. Yeah. Yeah, you make me Which thin, but you're not good for my health. I hate the, uh, yeah, I've always been creeped out since I grew up by that moment in The Lion King when they play that song, when uh, Simba's girlfriend gives her the gives him the fuck me look with her eyes. It's so inappropriate for a cartoon, isn't it? <laughs> That's what creeps you out? Well, I'm just saying. This is what haunts your, well, your nightmares you, tonight? Do you remember that moment? When they, they're, it's like, love eyes, Phil. It's because it's of the way no, John says the word feel. It's very, it? it's That's ve- what bothers you no, is the way he says feel It's very specifically sexual, and they're clearly about to bang, and it's a children's film, and it's just... It puts, they it, waited. It's a weird moment. But that's not. this has nothing to do with Christian values. This is about having a sex scene in a cartoon for kids. But they didn't yeah, have a sex scene. Except that it didn't actually happen. They didn't make it that anything far. That happens, they very much yeah. did. But anything that happens obviously happens off camera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. except for that moment something. when she gives him the... Yeah. We're getting an own look. Yeah, that's in a, that's not necessary. Yeah, but see, people can give themselves like, give each other that look in public, and you don't arrest them. But Absolutely like, not. It goes past. But this that. is a cart. These are cartoon lions, and that's where it gets inappropriate. Just saying, it's right. weird. It's human. But I mean, it's and like if you no, didn't animal, if you didn't have stuff like that, then you you couldn't have like you know the Wonder Years. If this was Europe, they would have gone full into it. Well, yeah, and we okay, would have seen true. it all. Well, yeah, if it was Fritz the Cat for sure. But it's a Disney movie, oh, and that's where it makes me uncomfortable. Fritz the Cat. Disney has wow. so many things that's uncomfortable in their movies. Yes, I know, but that one in particular. Yeah. Really upset yeah, you. It's weird. It doesn't. It's not that it upsets me. It's just weird that no one ever talks about. I'm gonna it. bring in my little statue of Nala and Simba, uh, Simba snuggling and see if it, it upsets you. It doesn't. It, like, I want to clarify. That, that, it that doesn't upset back. me. It's just weird to me that no one acknowledges that. There's I this totally moment. forgot about I'm that fine scene. I'm with it. I don't know why. It's just. It's a look of love. To me, it was love. To you, it's it was Bedjumai. It's definitely not. Our brains. They are love different. each other for sure, but that's not what that moment's and about. And that's what you do when you love someone, Phil. I understand that. I totally do, but that's not what that moment's about, and it's a we- and it's very weird to include it. I was okay with it. The weird, the weird thing is that he lived with a warthog and a. No, that makes perfect sense. He had two gay hey, best friends hey. that taught him how Hakuna to be Matata. nice to the ladies. <laughs> it's, just, it's all about the Hakuna Matata. Yeah. Okay. Now that I get. That you get, but the whole bedroom eyes thing was too much for you. It's just weird that no one ever acknowledges that. Does that's it bother you that Bert and Ernie live together? No. 
some of the weird things they do, like have a bath together? No. Well, yeah, no, the bath thing's weird. But I mean, that's so innocent. This is very. That's innocent. This is, well, this is. It's How not is this conversation. This is just a look. Because it's not it's sexualized, but it's a sexualized moment, is all I'm saying. And it's just weird that they included it. I'm not offended by it. It's fine. They can include it all they want. It's just odd that's that no one ever good. discusses it. All right. That's all. I have to watch the music video now just to see this look. Oh, is, he's watching. You'll, know, you'll see it. Yeah. It's very unmistakable. Yes, it's it's the. I just I totally cannot even remember this. You know, it's like look in the video, or you know, it's like in the movie. But you know, it's like now I have to go and check it out. Yeah, you'll and now see you it. all sit while Wayne watches the music video. No, it's like you you guys can keep talking. <laughs> and it okay, you know what? Time. We're gonna start with movie news then. Are we? Yeah, why not? Okay. Let's change it up. He's busy on his computer not paying no attention to us. Oh. Oh. See? <laughs> See? I know the See look. what I mean? Oh. See? Like, That's very sexual. Uh, I'm totally fine with it. It's, I, I mean, like, I'm fine with it in general. They actually it's, had, like, a literal tumble. Yeah. yeah. When that happened. That's when yeah. they used like, to wrestle when they were children. Oh, and, and she licked him. So, oh. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like. It's just very sexualized. Yeah. And we never discuss it. Okay, because oh, we like, should discuss yeah, it. I mean, I, mean, I, know, like, I know no, exactly. Nobody else can see yeah, this. Like, but what like, else is that all about? Yeah, it's just it's like, not the look of love, Mel. It's definitely not a look of love. It's a look of getting it on. She can she can feel the love. Too, yeah, or she's they going haven't to seen each other in so long. It's a wonderful moment. I'm not saying it's not a wonderful moment. It's just weird. It's just an oddly sexualized moment that we don't discuss. That's all. Well, now you put it out there. I know. And that's why people keep coming back to this podcast. So yes, in the comments below, you can comment on Phil's. The appropriateness yes. or not of feeling the love tonight mm-hmm. in the I Lion guess. King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we warn our children about sexualized lions? It's just odd. That's all. We should just talk about it. That's Disney's all odd in okay. general. I mean, they're lions to start with. I know, but you saw that look. I've seen that look. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Movie news, Phil. Oh, we're no- oh, right. Okay. We'll do the movie news. Um. Yeah. First up, uh, I guess the big one is that uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the dudes that did Clone High and the Lego Movie, are going to be doing an animated Spider-Man movie. Ooh, Which, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I hate Spider-Man, but I do like Clone High and the Lego Movie. Yeah, I like those guys, and I'd like them to make a Spider-Man movie. The are problem they also is the Jump Street guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, they're great okay, guys, yeah. and their so. Spider-Man movie is going to be very fun. The problem is that this is an animated Spider-Man movie that will be uh, existing alongside the new live-action Spider-Man reboot and Spider-Man's upcoming appearances in additional Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot it's of. It's just Spider-Man. too much Spider-Man. That's all I'm saying. And, and this is yep. unnecessary. So how do you feel then about like you know DC? and all the animated stuff that they put out if it's in addition to the live oh, action. Well, it's beca- okay. I have no problem with that mm-hmm. um, simply because it's not uh, theatrical. That's my issue, is if all of a sudden there are multiple yeah, Spider-Man true. movies yeah. coming out in theaters every year, that mm-hmm. just seems like too much Spider-Man, too much of a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, guys, these guys are going to do something hilarious with this. I mean, we saw what they did with Batman and Lego Spider-Man. Yeah, that's true. In like, yeah. Sorry, in the Lego movie. Yeah. So I, it's safe to say they've got to... And also, you know, as much as I enjoy that there's a certain level of real-world grit to our superhero movies these days, it would be nice to have just a pure fun bit of Spider-Man tomfoolery as well. Oh, I think we're just about due for, like, you know, more lighthearted. I mean, it's like, I think that if somebody went now and, like, you know, redid 60s Batman... People would respond to it positively. Totally. Because it's like dark and gritty Batman for so many years now, mm-hmm. pretty much since the 80s. That's yeah. a lot of dark and gritty Batman. <laughs> totally. So I, I'd imagine that's the route they're going to go with it. And I'm intrigued to see that. I just am worried about, you know, Sony being a little too greedy with their Spider-Man. Well, that's a justifiable concern. Absolutely. So. Speaking of which, um, WikiLeaks, 
Uh, they published all of the leaked uh, Sony emails this week. And so a bunch of good stuff came out of that. But the main one is that uh, they re- uh, details of the Sinister Six movie came out. Um, and I'm so grateful that they didn't make it. Um, because for, here's the members of the Sinister Six. Um, they were going to be uh, Doc Ock, Sandman, Mysterio, Vulture, Black Cat, and the sixth member, Spider-Man. Um, so they were actually okay. going to be heroes. It was going right. to be, yeah, Spider-Man joining up with the villains to do good. And the movie was going to take place on a tropical island with dinosaurs and time travel portals. <laughs> that has to be a joke. No, I can't even this capture real. This can't be no, real. This was real. This was real. This was in those in the leaked emails. So, so that's what they were planning. So common sense at Sony prevailed, and somebody did realize we have to abort this before it gets born. Yeah, well, I mean, Spider-Man 2 was a gigantic bomb, and yeah. they realized they had to re everything mm-hmm. but good lord I mean like I almost wish that movie exists just so I could see it because I have a hard time picturing it in my head it's so insane but at the same time yeah thank god thank god they were stopped there was also an amusing email in which um, I guess during the negotiations when Kevin Feig was trying to get uh, Spider-Man back in the Marvel Universe proper uh, they did screen him Spider-Man 2 before it came out and he gave them a huge list of notes that basically highlighted everything wrong with that movie, which was everything. So and it was nice to see. It. it was nice to see that he at least, you know, is well aware of how horribly, horribly wrong those movies went. And now he's involved, so hopefully he can get that train right back on track. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, um, Spider-Man and Doc Ock were going to be buddies and fight dinosaurs and travel you, through time. You gotta wonder what the executives who are behind this stuff must think when it gets shot down, and then. Mm the reaction from the public to that where they're like yes that was a horrible idea how do you as an executive feel yeah. when you realize that you are so out of touch with what the audience wants I mean you gotta feel a little guilty yeah. with this I'd imagine it was just people who don't care about Spider-Man mm-hmm. so they were just like oh man we can like have Spider-Man and he'll be on the island from Lost and mm-hmm. it'll be like Jurassic Park as well yeah. and oh man we're gonna make so much money I don't think yeah I think unfortunately it was people that have no real interest in Spider-Man that we're coming up with these ideas. And thank God that is not a thing. Um, next up, yeah, I haven't uh, watched it yet, but Daredevil has already been picked up for a second season from Netflix, yeah. which is delightful to hear. Well, um, the way it was written, it's set itself up for much expansion. I'm assuming so. I got the impression, stuff, so. again, I haven't seen it yet because I've been waiting until I have time to really dig in. Um, but I got the impression it's basically structured like um, Frank Miller's uh, Dare, uh, Man Without Fear, which is basically his Daredevil Year One, mm-hmm. which, like, the final image is Daredevil in the costume. The whole series mm-hmm. yeah, is about the him general, slowly The general becoming. structure pretty much does go that way. Yeah. Obviously, the specifics are very, very different. Exactly. Of yeah. course, yeah. But, yeah. So that's what I kind of assumed. I figure we're going to see some stick. We're going to see some... Yeah. Uh, Although, I mean, stuff. it's like, okay, not to spoil anything, but, you know, it's like you've, you've seen the pictures of, you know, it's like Daredevil, yeah. right? So what what do you think of the actual final costume? The final costume? Yeah. Looks fine to me. Oh, okay, because it's like I've, I've heard a lot of people actually complaining that they really didn't like the final costume. Really? Well, I mean, I haven't seen it in action yet. Perhaps okay. it looks a little rubbery when people are moving around. Yeah. But, I mean, what else is it going to look like? I, like, it, it's, it's funny to me, but it seems like from what I've gathered, the prevailing reaction is... People actually prefer just his simple black outfit. <gasps> his with Princess the Bride whole... outfit? Because mm-hmm. he yeah. looks exactly like yes. the dude from Princess Bride? I mean, yeah. I get that. That makes him more of a vigilante. Mm-hmm. But he's fucking... He's Daredevil. Yeah. Like, he's he got to be Daredevil. Right. And he's... And, like, I well, I... You know, again, it's 
it's tough to talk about this stuff without actually having seen it yet. But while I very much appreciate the idea that they're going for a very gritty, grand level superhero story with this, mm -hmm. bottom line is that this is part of the Marvel Universe proper, and they have to build him up to the point where he's going to be part of like Infinity Wars or what have you. Yeah. So it's a shame he's got to be proper Daredevil. He is like the most interesting you know character in the Marvel Universe. To well, yeah, right totally. Now. And it's just like. Putting him up against Captain America and all the rest is kind of like, oh, man, you guys, you're so underdeveloped compared to this guy. But that's always he's had an entire TV series. But that's to always been character. part of his fun, that's part yeah. of his deal, even in the comics. You know, is that his own adventures are very like, you know, yeah. disturbed and uh, personal. Yeah. And then he hangs out with Captain America yeah. every now and then. There's there there's a lot of you know, as expected, a lot of moral <laughs> dilemma in. Yeah, going I'm on, on board, and I'm hoping so. there'll be like this first series yeah. is kind of a loose man without fear thing. I'm hoping second season will be Electra based. Yeah. And then they do a born again movie. See, the, the That's interesting, the structure they should be doing. The interesting thing about this, and this actually, you know, it's like caused me to not write a video game based editorial this mm -hmm. week. No, you, know, you like, wrote about Marvel. I wrote about Daredevil. Being mm -hmm. jerks. Yeah, I, so my, my editorial this week was, you know, yeah, Netflix Daredevil makes out the other MCU heroes out to be elitist jerks. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is just because it's not often that you see this, but, um, you know, when they do tackle it with. You know, it's like heroes like Batman and Green Arrow and, you know, it's like now mm -hmm. Daredevil. It really sort of makes you stop to wonder, so here's this guy. You know, it's like he's going after drug dealers. He's going after white slave traffickers. He's going after, like, you know, rapists and pedophiles mm -hmm. and all of these other terrible, terrible people that do the most horrendous things to innocent people. Mm -hmm. And there's Captain America Wait. and Thor and the Hulk and all the rest of them not addressing all of this abject well, human misery. It's because, of, uh, it's because there are levels. Like, Captain America yeah. is fighting international mm -hmm. espionage. Mike and I had the same conversation. I'm like, where is everybody else when poor Daredevil is yeah. doing this all by himself? I mean, it's the same way that, like, you know, uh, like, the FBI yeah. has Tony, stuff that they're preoccupied I mean, with. I am not. So Tony they Stark need, is a jerk, so he's yeah. elitist. So they yeah. need police to monitor the streets. I mean, it's yeah. different I mean, levels. I'm, I'm not spoiling anything when I tell you this, but I find it really, really interesting that um, basically because this is daredevil in the modern world when they decide to do hell's kitchen yeah they can't go back to like the original hell's kitchen of the 70s and Obviously 80s that not, the frank yeah. miller stuff is based on so yeah. instead how they justify hell's kitchen it's, being it's such good. a terrible place yeah. now yeah. is Amazing. it got trashed during the chitari invasion right, during right, the right, avengers right. movie and as a result of all of the rebuilding and all that you know various criminal organizations but have come in with the racketeering yeah, and the corruption idea. of the reconstruction blah 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 and so we're looking at a situation where Hell's Kitchen is now complete trash because of the alien invasion and uh. the gigantic mess that the big Marvel superheroes made. Uh. And once all of that happened, they just went away. Well, and okay. Hell's Kitchen just degenerated. Well, they into went this away, chaos. but I don't know if you noticed, but Captain America had to stop this like uh, incredible this, this Hydra situation yeah. Yeah. that seems a bit more pressing yeah, than at, one at, guy at, in at one the city. Same time, and at the same time, see, Thor had to stop that like that invasion from another see, universe. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that he doesn't even really live this in is, Earth. He's got a whole other universe. This is the part that. Iron Man, though, he's a dick, so yes. he just doesn't care. Exactly. He and is. then, and then, um, Hawkeye and Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah, Hawkeye and Black Widow. They're the same deal as Captain America. But like, they're you know, off yeah, doing but international see, that's, espionage. That's what I mean. It's like you know, one so, superhero cannot take care of everything. So that's like, why we need a Daredevil. They're one percent the superheroes. They're like you know, we we but don't save the look whole, at the like, little stuff. Yeah. It's like nobody is looking over the little guy. What are you talking about? One percent. busy doing the Winter Soldier stuff. No, 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 no. Let's break this down. 
Daredevil mm -hmm. is taking care of one neighborhood, mm -hmm. right? Captain America is taking care of a country. So I'd say that Captain America is taking care of 99% yeah, of the like country and Daredevil's taking care of 1%. This is this is where I this is where it kind of bothers me right, right? it's like Captain America's That's how the roots, numbers work. That's Captain how the numbers Am break down. Captain America's roots are he actually grew up in New York, you know, it's like during the yeah. Second World War. He was the little guy himself who was like, you know, being yeah. bullied and all that sort of thing. So it really bugs me to think that He's still living in New York, at least in the movies that yeah. we saw. So here's this guy walking around, and somebody's screaming for, like, you know, it's like, help, oh, my God, I'm being raped. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to let somebody else take care of that, and I'm going to keep on sleeping. walking and number stopping one, my Number one, I'm absolutely positive if Captain America walked by a rape, he would mm -hmm. help. Okay? Yes. Number two... Mm -hmm. Captain America has to protect the entire U.S. He has to make sure that the entire U.S. government is on the up and up because they can't be trusted anymore. That's a major responsibility. Yeah. He's got a lot of he's got it's a lot just, of things. It's on just his time. for me a lot of but this actually. Daredevil there, so uh, there's people. So there's superheroes for everyone. For there. for me, a lot of this actually reminds me of. Um, do you remember? Uh, Green Arrow, Green Lantern in the 70s, the Denny O'Neill yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, the, where they, they travel across Arrow, the U.S. Yeah, Green Arrow came up to Green Lantern, and he was just like, you're a jerk because you're running around protecting the universe. And you're, you know, you're seeing, like, you know, this slumlord who's getting, like, attacked by people. But, you mm. know, it's like this guy is, like, you know, creating all of these social ills. Mm. And you're protecting him rather than, like, you know, <coughs> the kid who's stealing food in order to survive. And, you know, it's like, it's just... I find it interesting that, you know, it's like, once again, we've got this whole thing with, like, you know, okay, there's all of this big, important stuff that's going on, and the heroes have to take care of that. Yeah. And yet, at the same time, they're like, you know, Batman doesn't do that. Yeah. And it's like, Batman actually does go after, you know, the the rapists and murderers. In one city, though, Wayne. Yeah. Every other city in the U.S. See, if rapists are raping Gotham, without Batman. You know. They'd be screwed because yeah. Batman yeah. would be busy doing the little. A superhero, yeah, can, I mean, like, a superhero like, can only handle so much. I think you're putting too much pressure on these superheroes, Wayne. Most of them are only humans. Aside from the Superman, ones, anyway. they can't be everywhere at once. Yeah, only Superman can. Now, if you want to talk about Superman being lazy because he's spending all that time <laughs> focusing on Lois Lane rather than helping out with the world's ills, that's a discussion yeah, I mean, we can like, absolutely you know, have. Superman focusing on Metropolis. And absolutely. Like, yeah, Whereas Captain America is yeah. kind of tied in on mm -hmm. a very certain track. So you know. Yeah. You know, it depends on the cars. about the Hulk, though? Well, the Hulk's not really in well, control. Well, the, the Hulk is out of control. Yeah. I mean, so it's like he, he, yeah. just, he just gets mad he and he goes on the rampage. He just him off yeah. he helped it's save like, the whole city. The Hulk is going to kill people. Like, that's mm. the thing. It's like when the Hulk goes on a rampage, good or bad, people die. He's mm. more like a force of nature that way, where it's like you, you can't get mad at a tornado. You can get mad at Bruce Banner if he realizes that he's getting angry and he doesn't, like, you know, move himself further away. Hey, mm -hmm. Even in Avengers, he stated that he learned to control it. Yeah. But he so he could be he can, helping. He can only control it so much, yeah. though. Because remember, he went crazy on the uh, well, helicarrier. Yeah, yeah. on the on, yeah on the helicarrier, he just got you know pushed beyond a certain limit. Yeah. It's like What's basically it? once he becomes the Hulk, it's like it's kind of all bets are off. Yeah, it's like you know stuff is going to get wrecked. But that lets him get away with destroying New York and leaving. No, it doesn't. And which is like you know been actually the source of like many interesting like comic book stories where the various Marvel heroes have had to deal with the fact that, yeah, yeah. the Hulk does some good sometimes, and he other times he's, this, he's <laughs> this uncontrollable force of nature that has to be well, dealt with. Beauty. So. He's kind of like, a, he's yeah. as much a monster as he is yeah. a uh, hero, more so, if anything. It's like Daredevil's a werewolf story. doing his part. Yeah, Daredevil's no. got it on lockdown. All right, so, okay. um couple other quick things. Uh, Joss Whedon, um, now sort of making his exit from the uh, Marvel camp, has... Uh, Started to be a little bit more honest when people ask him about Marvel-related issues, and they got two interesting 
things that he said this week. First up, actually Hulk-related, um, people asked him about uh, solo Hulk movie and what's going on with that. And what he said that made perfect sense I'd never seen before is the issue why Mar- why they don't haven't done a solo Hulk movie is not that you know Mark Ruffalo isn't great as the Hulk and that there couldn't be an interesting movie done. It's that like Spider-Man, Universal holds yeah, the actually, rights to the, to, holds the rights to the Hulk, so Disney would have to split yeah. the profits on any Hulk movie with Universal, and they have no interest in doing that. Versus they have the right to just use him in larger movies whenever they want. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo so himself why. has actually said this in um, a recent Oh, interview. has he? Yeah. He, I hadn't yeah. heard him he say it. He also said it yeah, at one point, and it was just like, oh, exactly, it's yeah. tied up. Yeah, okay. it instantly so, made sense to yeah. me. That's all it is, is mm-hmm. Disney obviously doesn't want to spend the money. And and when the Ed Norton one came out, Universal did put that one out. Yeah. Because um, that so, was a different time. Mm-hmm. So it's a bummer. But yeah, It really is, but, but at least like makes sense. perfectly sound legal yeah. reason. It makes perfect minus, sense yeah. why that hasn't been happening. It's tied up in rights. Which yeah. is a bummer, but what are you going to do? Um, and then the other thing he said was uh, that was kind of sad was that he said that the Edgar Wright Ant-Man screenplay was by far, he thought, the best screenplay Marvel ever had. And he has no idea what went wrong, and he's really sad about that. So that was a bummer. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I, I knew it. Okay, I totally knew it. But who knows? Maybe yeah. Ant-Man might still... I think Ant-Man looks pretty yeah. good from what I'm, I've seen. I'm still actually surprised that he was willing to say that, though, mm-hmm. since that's obviously not 100% like, you know, this solidarity. Well, I mean, I think was. everyone in Marvel is pretty honest about the fact that some, something bad went down, mm-hmm. even though no one wants to say specifically what it is. Yeah. And who knows? It might be just something as simple as, you know... Um, Scheduling? I no, know, I think it was know. probably just something as simple as they, as part of the larger plan for the Marvel Universe, needed some sort of plot point mm-hmm. or something to happen in Ant-Man. Yeah. And it didn't fit within Edgar Wright's yeah. structure. I mean, it, it, yeah, it could be as simple as, like, you know, Disney now has, like, you know, certain directions that they'd like to go in for commercial marketing purposes. Could be that, too. So It's mm-hmm. hard to say. But anyway, it was interesting to hear that and kind of a bummer. And then the last movie story that I have, uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, Adam Sandler is currently, <coughs> excuse me, uh, filming a comedy western. And this week, about a dozen uh, Native American actors walked off the set and refused to continue filming because the jokes were too offensive about them and their people. Okay. Yeah. Um, but one of the issues that I read was that one of the women, female characters' name was Beavermouth, which they didn't agree with. And, wow. uh, yeah, and other okay. such very horrible stereotypical humor, which, you know, for me is a shock. It's that Adam Sandler. It's a shock Adam Sandler would do something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't believe it. Didn't they know what they were getting into? Uh, well, they were told that it that it would be unoffensive and that they would be allowed to be involved in their depiction. And then when they got to the set, they were told, we're not changing the script for you. Um, and also, they were told that they were to uh, were going to represent a very specific tribe, and then they gave them a costume for a completely different tribe because yeah. they didn't know, because they didn't care. So anyway, I enjoyed that. That was good times. Oh, Adam Sandler. And that's it. Yeah. That's my last one. Thank you, Phil. No Adam problem. Sandler, yeah, the picture of political correctness, <laughs> yeah. as usual. Exacto mundo. All right, Wayne? Yeah, yeah. you got Wayne. Yeah, okay, just some small stuff. Um... So it looks like for Destiny, we've got, like, the House of Wolves expansion that's going to be coming out, which mm-hmm. is basically Bungie's last chance to try and convince people that this game isn't going to crash and burn. Right. Um, so it does look like they've actually got, like, you know, some interesting changes that are going to be happening. Stuff that actually makes me, because I'm also, like, a lapsed Destiny player, I 
not really into it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they are doing things like one of the things that really pissed people off when the first expansion came out was that they had like, you know, these super loot, like, you know, these great guns and armor and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. that they worked so hard to come, you know, to get. And then the first expansion came out and there was like automatically like this new gear that was better, mm-hmm. which just automatically negated um, the stuff that other people had. And it was easier to get mm-hmm. than the stuff that these people had. Now what they're doing is they're introducing um, basically uh, leveling up RPG systems for the weapons mm-hmm. so that if you've got a gun that you really, really like, you'll actually be able to keep using it and continue to level it up right. rather than just like, this is a level 20 gun. It's always going to be a level 20 gun. It'll never right. get any better than that. It's like, if you're a level 34 character and you want to keep using this gun, you can level it all the way up to level 34 with yourself rather than it being like you know obsolete once new stuff comes out. Cool. Uh, they're also like you know introducing a bunch of new content, a bunch of new social spaces and things like that, which uh, hopefully will make things easier for people to get together and like you know go on raids and all that because it's it's been really difficult so far. Yeah. Um, they've had this rationale where they want people to go on raids with their friends, mm-hmm. so there's like you know no matchmaking service for that. You know, it's like you either have friends that you can get in touch with somehow mm-hmm. to say let's all do this, or your only other alternative is left sitting in the social spaces, just you know, typing away. It's like, please, please, I need five other people to go on this raid with me. Right? <laughs> Will anybody go with me? <laughs> and that's all been a part of their deliberate design because they're like, you know, no, we don't want you pairing up with randoms. We're going to force you to do this with your friends. And some people have like, I don't have enough friends to do mm-hmm. this. What do you guys want me to do? And they're like, make more friends, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see whether or not this uh, new expansion addresses all of those things. But uh, it, it would be nice to see them making it, like, you know, a little bit friendlier to the casual guys as opposed to, like, you've got to take the MMO approach of mm. devoting hours and hours of your life and nothing else to this. But isn't that what Destiny is all about? Um, they wanted it to be all things to all people. Right. But then it sort of quickly, you know, a lot of people quickly recognized, no, this is the MMO grind. Mm-hmm. And the only way that people are going to, you know, it's like, um, get anywhere with this game is if they sacrifice dozens of hours of their lives to it, which once the casuals heard about that, they're like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not going to play this game anymore. And now mm-hmm. Activision's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't go away. And it was like, please come back. We'll find ways for the casual people to feel like they're advancing. But at the same time, you know, the guys that have been grinding for dozens of hours are like, hey, I don't want some guy to just come in and like a half an hour later, he's like, I'm at the same level as you are. And mm-hmm. I don't know really how they're going to balance that out. Where, right. You know, the people that put in all of those hours want to retain that sense of achievement. But at the same time, the casual guys don't want to be like, I don't have 60 hours to devote every week to this game. So mm-hmm. how am I supposed to have any fun? I mean, like, yeah, it's it's a tricky balance that I don't think anybody has really gotten right. But no. they're going to try. So, yeah. And it's like, uh, all right, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, okay, in other news, uh, this is going to be, like, a big deal to the Bloodborne guys. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, when the game first came out, you know, it's like everybody loved it, but the one thing that every single critic was hitting on was, like, the load times, yeah. which would be anywhere from 15 to, like, 50 seconds, you would be staring at the loading screen. So it's like, you know, staring at the loading screen for upwards of a minute when you've just died and you just want to get back into the game is kind of annoying, especially in a game where you die a lot. Absolutely. Frequently and regularly. So they've just released a new patch, which now cuts the loading times down to about 10 or 15 seconds. Sweet. Which is much, much more reasonable. Absolutely. Yeah, so... 
Like, you know, okay, you Bloodborne guys, it's like, you know, there you go. It's like dying is not so much of a pain in the ass anymore. You're not going to be staring at that loading screen for what feels like forever. Dynamite. So, yeah, I feel good. so good for those guys. Yeah. They'll have so much more time in their lives. <laughs> and finally, it's like the, uh, the last really big thing that's happened is um, in a complete turnaround to... Did you see the trailer for Star Wars Battlefront? Yeah, the game? amazing. Okay, so let's let's talk about that a yeah. little bit. So, what did you think when you saw that trailer? It looks incredible. Yeah, yeah. Now, how much do you think that's going to represent your actual gameplay experience? Well, the on-screen graphic told me that it was all gameplay. <laughs> yes, it said in engine. Yeah, that's what it said. It is not that. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's. It's in engine, but you know, it's like obviously they've tweaked it. They've yeah. like you, know, they've put probably way more enemies than will you know. It's like actually reasonably be in the game. They've got like you know particle effects going up the wazoo, which right. are you know probably also not going to be happening as frequently. And the lighting mm. is just insanely good. So yeah. I'm thinking that it 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 is the equivalent of like you know applying an airbrush in the pre Photoshop days, or seriously like you know retouching. A, you know, oh, like a screenshot a with Photoshop. Well, when are we going to actually see what the game is? This is what, you know, it's like everybody is concerned about. Yeah. Now, that's that's where, you know, it's like uh, my particular news story comes in is that in complete counter to that, um, Avalanche Studios has released like, you know, a four-minute trailer of Mad Max, yeah. which is pure gameplay. Which looks it's amazing. Just, yeah. They're just showing that and they're like, you know, it's like, this is the game, guys. This is exactly what you're going to see mm-hmm. when you load the game up and start playing. Mm-hmm. And the reaction on the internet so far has been, on the one hand, everybody has been going, this is the best possible kind of trailer that you can show a gamer because this shows us what the experience will actually be like yeah. when we sit down and play the game. Yeah. On the other hand, there's also been an amazing backlash against you know, Star Wars Battlefront because you know people remember... Oh, do you remember Aliens Colonial Marines when yeah, they first yeah, showed yeah, that trailer? Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was like, that's in-game. And yeah. then we got the game, and it's like, that's nothing like what you showed yeah, us at yeah, E3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, it's like, it, it, it really is interesting because, you know, it's, it shows two very different ways to market a game. And one of those ways is to make it super sexy and super hot and just get people super amped up. Mm. And then the other one is like, Let's just take a chance with something a little less sexy, but we can promise people this is what you will see when you sit down on of day course, one. But it's later. also like a uh, a teaser versus a trailer, yeah. right? Like there was a Mad Max a trailer a while ago that was more along the lines of the Battlefront, You're and right. now we're closer to release, yeah. so here's a like here's mm-hmm. what the actual game is. Yeah, and that's I'm used to that. Mm-hmm. That's fine by me. I mean, like if I see the uh, the actual gameplay trailer for Star Wars Battlefront, and it looks like an Atari game. Yeah. I'll be really See, disappointed. See, I mean, like, you know, this this is. But I'm issue, other than that, I'm yeah. used to that kind yeah. of manipulation. That's standard, yeah. isn't it? But you know, yeah. it's like, it it kind of depends. I mean, like, you know, when when okay, I guess it depends on the companies that you're talking about because yeah. usually when like Naughty Dog shows off an Uncharted or you know it's like the Last of Us game, they're like, this is all in game, and everybody mm-hmm. looks at it and they're like, oh my god, it's amazing, and yeah. and you know because this is Naughty Dog and these guys know how to do graphics that what they're showing it's like you know this is the real deal yeah. you know on the other hand everybody still remembers Aliens Colonial Marines where they're still really angry at Gearbox because it's like you went to E3 you demonstrated this game you told us all that this was in game why is it that when we finally popped that disc into our consoles there was such a world of difference mm-hmm. between what you showed us telling us this is the game and the game that we actually got Yeah, and People are, you know, it's like really, especially after stuff like Assassin's Creed Unity and uh, Watch Dogs 
in particular. You know, it's like again, you know, it's like they showed off stuff. They claimed that it was gameplay, but then when you know, it's like the game actually came out, it was like. This I mean, I not what I, you showed us. I a hundred percent understand yeah. uh, the uh, in, the problem here. Mm-hmm. My only question would be to the people who are complaining about this: is have they ever seen any advertisement for anything ever? Because honesty and advertising yeah. do not go hand in hand. This is just the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. It, like I, I always take any ad with a grain and salt. Yeah. I think if you're naive enough to see uh, like a trailer like that Star Wars Battlefront that's very clearly all been designed specifically for the trailer, mm-hmm. and then you see the actual game and it's not quite the same. Yeah. I mean, so what? It, I mean, like really, I, I watch. Really... I mean, like I'll see a Coke commercial where yeah. I'm promised that I'll get to be with a beautiful model for buying a can of Coke, but that's never happened yeah. when I bought a can it, of Coke, and I really... would have come to accept that that's the lie I'm told. It really does depend on how they handle it, because it's like you know, even Rocksteady has been pretty good about this. Uh, yes. Yeah. Know? Because you know, it's like they'll they'll show us you know, it's like the trailers, which mm-hmm. are just supposed to get us hyped. Yeah, with, totally. Like, you know, but then they, in recent months, they've actually put out some pretty hefty gameplay only trailers for sure and that's that just and that's show the, you the thing yeah, and that's like the process yeah. that's what i'm used to yeah well so, that's just how it is well you know yeah some guys do it some guys don't yeah I mean, like you know, so yeah some people have a shitty game that they still got to sell copies yeah. of and that's just how the world works <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean so you lie to consumers lie 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 yeah i mean like which i agree is horrible but mm-hmm. like that's what, to, that's to pretend that it's like. a brand new issue is, yeah that's insane movies do it too everyone does yeah. it yeah there's not a Phil's sing- right he's not gonna get a you know supermodels aren't gonna walk up to him because he's carrying a can of coke now yeah mm-hmm. they'll or walk like, up to him because it's sparkling personality. yeah and on the home shopping network they're not like you get these 86 knives for five dollars because they all suck they're like these <laughs> are the most amazing knives of all time they because you believe the, the price still. does that still exist by the way absolutely or does, like it does. Amazon and eBay pretty much just oh, kill the whole sure. No, the old people oh, love for sure. Really? Yeah. This well, still yeah, exists? Because the people who buy like a set of steak knives at three in the morning watching TV's lives are just as sad and lost okay. as they were before. For sure. For sure. Right. I mean, I'm sure that like... I just it, imagine that, you know, it's like eBay and Amazon pretty much just I mean, I'd them. imagine that it has definitely taken a hit. Definitely. Okay. Oh, yeah. But it, there's still plenty of people. Okay. Yeah. No, you yeah. can... There's Because, I mean, it's like I don't have cable television, so oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have no idea whether or not these oh, networks yeah, yeah, yeah. It's spiked exist. because they, now they use the internet. Yeah. Now they have websites where you mm-hmm. can order anything all the time. It's yeah. true. There's that, too. Yeah. yeah. No, that's 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 what I mean. Is that I would have imagined that the internet would have just made the idea of a home shopping television. Yeah, but the network home shopping network now has their own website yeah. where you can order any of their products yeah. any so you time get of day. All right, okay. yeah. so, so you don't have to wait yeah. for that one time slot where they're on and buy it. Then you can okay. order it yeah. whenever you want. Yeah, I just in this day and age, I don't understand the necessity of the actual television component oh, anymore. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. because you're sort of like yeah. assuming that everyone is computer literate. Yeah. And, and usually the people probably who use the home shopping network might not. Yeah. Mm. They aren't. That's the thing. Like, it's very easy to assume the entire world is on the internet because mm-hmm. so much of it is and it so drives our culture, yeah. but it's just, it's not the case. There actually okay. are people who aren't. It's, yeah. It's weird. Okay. I agree. I agree. It's weird. All right. But it alas, happens. this is the world we live in. Sigh. Okay. Okay. So. All right. The, the last uh, news story talking. that I've mm-hmm. got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the last news story that I've got is there has been supposedly a leak for details of Mass Effect 4, okay. which I myself am super pumped up for. Um, this, again, it's rumors. It has to be taken with a grain of salt, but what 
the the thing that set this particular story off was somebody claimed that they received a marketing survey from Electronic Arts, which of course they signed a you know non disclosure agreement on and promptly ignored, mm-hmm. um, course, saying like course. this is how yes, we this is how you know this is what the game is about. This is how you know we're planning to market it. How do you think we should market this game? Mm-hmm. Now normally people will ignore stuff like this, except that in this particular case, this is exactly what happened with Dragon Age Inquisition as well, where somebody you know, it's like released what they claimed was a marketing survey for the game, and mm. it turned out that every single thing that was in that marketing survey was actually in the game. So the mm. fact that it's happening now again with you know Mass Effect Four lends a lot more credibility to the fact that this may be the real deal. Mm. And one of the things that I'm excited about is that you know it's like yeah, Mass Effect looks like it's going to be a lot more like Dragon Age in that there's going to be like huge areas to explore, and there is going to be the you know it's like equivalent of a war table where you can like you know send other agents off to do stuff while you're going off and doing your thing and it's going to be taking place in a completely different galaxy because i was wondering they had like such a huge epic conclusion to the original mass effect series and i'm like how the hell are you guys going to follow this up Mm. apparently their solution is we're not even going to take place in the same time period in galaxy we're going to go to a completely different place completely different time period don't worry about any of that stuff that happened before this is all brand new and i'm like you know what okay i think that i'm okay with this that's probably the best way to go yeah if you know it's like the rumors are true and i hope they are Mm -hmm. the other nice thing that i'm really happy to see is that mass effect 4 is going to be like PC, PS4, and Xbox One only, yeah. which is good because I don't know whether you've been noticing it or not, but you know, it's like when they make games exclusively for current generation versus having to take into consideration yeah, this still has to run on a PS3 or an yeah, Xbox yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's like there's a lot more content. I know, more stuff absolutely, on, so. but that's just sort of what every yeah. generation gap is yeah. like, right? Because I mean, with a lot of these games, it's like who knows? Maybe they got halfway through development purely mm-hmm. for the old generation, and then they had to type it on after. Yeah, it's just a sad reality that we're stuck with during yeah. this. Uh, but I mean, it's like you know, this sooner, awkward growing stage. Yeah. Sooner or later, I mean, you do have to stop making games for like the old hardware. Oh, I agree. Like, people just Eventually. aren't playing on it anymore. Yeah. They, didn't they support the PS2 for quite a while? They did. They did. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was like you know, just a lot of smaller, low-budget games towards mm. the end. Yeah. But, you know, it's like yeah, the PS2 was around for a good long while. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, PS3 okay. still has a, a few years left. I figure. It, I figure like starting with the next round of games, we'll stop having this sort of dual uh, so. generation thing. Yeah. I, I think I think even with this year's yeah. E three, yeah. you're going to start seeing a lot fewer, a lot less games that are saying, you know, it's like on the PS three yeah. and Xbox three sixty as well. So I do. I think it's yeah. gonna be a gradual thing that expands yeah. year by year. Like, you know, even Final Fantasy fifteen, those guys have given up any pretense to try and squeeze that onto the three sixty or the PS three. They're just like, No, this is not happening. Good. So it's time. Same with Kingdom Hearts. It's like that's, that's I'm that's, fine with it. That's I not a, gonna be I on the PS three. I have a PS four. I am totally mm-hmm. ready so, for yeah. Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, I'm okay, okay going full next gen yep. or this gen or whatever you want to call it. That's that's what I got for news. So thank you. Wayne. That's all my news. Okay. Stuff. Phil has seen a movie or two. I have week. indeed. All right. So uh, the big one this week is Ex Machina, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, I'm totally enjoyed. on board with this yeah. movie now. Yeah, yeah. You seem very into it. Uh, it's yeah. the first one movie uh, directed by Alex Garland. Uh, he wrote it as well. He's been a writer for quite some time. He wrote. 28 Days Later and Sunshine and Never Let Me Go. I like Sunshine, even though it didn't do that well commercially. Yeah, no, they're they're all quite Where's good. Sunshine. Sunshine, it's uh, the space one with Cillian Murphy, oh, where the the sun's dying nope, and they're sent to. I've never, never even heard of it. It's pretty good. Sorry. Um, I got it on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's a good time. I could loan it to you if yeah. you want. 
but it's hard science fiction. So. I like yeah, science yeah. fiction. Okay. Why do you want to assume I don't like science fiction? Because it's it's like you know very slow, techie, psychological stuff that they're talking about, where it's like you know not not a whole lot in the way of massive explosions and stuff like that. Do you think I only like massive explosions? I love psychological. Well, I mean, it's like you, know, you, you didn't Those like just talk about you, how, you didn't like you Daredevil because it got too lawyery. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry because it felt like no, it felt like an episode of Law and Order. If I wanted to watch Law and Order, I love Law and Order. I will go and watch Law and Order. If I yeah. want to see superheroes, I want to see superheroes. Right. That was my thing with it, Fair. and it even has Vincent D'Onofrio in it, so that was kind of hard to hold, not rule out the Law and Order. Fair thing. enough. Fair enough. Is Vincent D'Onofrio in Law and Order? Yes, criminal okay. intent. He's in one of them. Yeah. All right. He's in CI, and then he got really sick, so they had to bring in one of their old detectives. Right. So he's only in every second episode, and then he just left, and they brought in Jeff Goldblum, which was weird. And then the show got yeah, canceled. that does sound weird. Okay, that is weird. All right, so Ex Machina. Um, yeah, it's his directorial debut, and it's one of those. Uh, it's a uh, artificial intelligence movie. Uh, yeah, the concept is. Um, uh, okay, Be- before yeah. before we get into the nitty gritty of this, uh, for my own personal curiosity, yeah. since you've seen the movie, yeah. so what kind of director is Garland? I mean, it's like, does he have a strong visual sense? Or he does. I was does impressed. He... I mean, like he's been. Like, yeah. What, what's his framing? Well, I mean, here's the like... interesting thing with him is that he's sort of gradually been having more control over his movies as they've gone on. Like his very first, uh, the very first one was like, well, I mean, the very first one was an adaptation was The Beach, which was an adaptation of a book that he wrote that he had no involvement in. And then 28 days later, he wrote and was allowed yeah. to be on the set on. And then Sunshine, he was writer producer, so he had more involved. And he ba- do Dread. Yeah, and then with Dread, he basically like I've never gotten a full story on it, but as far as I can tell, he essentially directed Dread. And it had a great visual. Aspect it did. It that. really did. Like they had the guy who directed it. I just remember like when I saw it at the Toronto Film Festival, they did the Q&A afterwards and the guy who actually directed it said nothing and Alex Garland mm-hmm. had a lot to say about everything. So That's very telling. See, exactly, yeah. So I think it was just sort of a gradual process for him. He his style is um it's good. It's very like uh, crisp and clean and very very speci- very rigidly composed kind of like has a kind of a Kubrick kind of I was vibe about to, to ask even. if you were going to invoke Kubrick. Yeah, it is kind of a so. Kubricky type thing. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of paranoia. Sterile? Yeah, very <laughs> sterile. Really? Very oh, sterile, okay. yeah. Interesting. Yep. So, um, and it's also inherent in the concept for this specific Okay, one. that's also have, true. It might yeah. be a little wilder yeah. in later ones, but certainly mm-hmm. for this one, that's what it's like. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway. I mean, uh, like, the, does he pay a lot of attention to, like, you'll just stop and go, like, oh, man, that's, like, gorgeously framed. Like, does that happen, or is it more... Like, you know, Kevin Smith obviously is not a visual director. Yeah, yeah. That guy just makes sure that the dialogue is coming out clean. But he openly and he's says happy. that he's not a visual yeah, 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 director. Exactly, he's yeah. So, yeah. So, like, you know, so, like, you know, yeah, how does Garland stack? He's got, he's on got the, some visual. I mean, he definitely has visual chops. He's not mm-hmm. a Kevin Smith, but it is very much a, like, it's part and parcel of the overall project. Okay. It's not like. It's not like there are long montages where you're just admiring the visuals. Mm-hmm. Like it's all okay. very direct and very terse. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like, um, you know, think kind of like the original Alien, where things look very pretty, mm. but they're always moving forward. Okay, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, interesting. So okay. plot-wise, um, yeah, uh, Dom, uh, Dom Hill Gleason plays a sort of. Uh, 20-something computer geek working in a major company that's sort of like a combination between Google and Facebook, and he wins the, like, nerd equivalent of uh, the golden ticket to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, and that he gets to go help uh, a, the super genius in charge of the country, na- a co- company, sorry, <coughs> named Oscar Isaac, who lives in a vast compound in the middle of nowhere, so isolated that the helicopter required to take you to the compound cannot actually land on the property of the compound. Um, he lives there by himself, 
just so that he can uh, be completely distanced from humanity and spend all his time working on his wild ideas. He's hired uh, Gleason to come up because he needs help with his new one. He's created artificial intelligence, specifically a robot named Ava, who he's pretty sure he's cracked the artificial intelligence thing, but he needs an outside source to come in and essentially uh, uh, you cr- set up a long, ongoing Turing test for a week to get a sense of whether or not this being actually does have full consciousness or if it's just a very impressive piece of software that does, does a good job of pretending that it does. Uh, I, I assume that there's like a lot of invoking of the Turing test and exactly what that is absolutely. in this movie. Okay. I think, in fact, I'm pretty sure it's specifically name-dropped right off the bat. Okay. So they get right into you it. Want, you want to explain what the Turing test yeah, is for like the, the listeners scene, out there? It's the first scene from Blade Runner. It's okay. basically like an interview that will determine whether or not yeah. you're talking to a computer or a human. Yeah. It's like uh, essentially the Turing test is if the person that is interacting with this thing is convinced that they're dealing with a person and doesn't you know, to yeah. twig onto the fact that they're dealing with a machine, exactly. then for all intents and purposes, we may as well just consider this thing to have attained functional sentience. sentience yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. So, so that's the Turing test for you guys out there. <laughs> <laughs> all I can think of is like the Uncanny Valley thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It, so. it, it, it basically is <laughs> yes. the conversational equivalent of the Uncanny Valley, where it's like, you know, people will know when they get like, you know, those pre-recorded phone calls, I'm dealing with a machine. Yes. Mm-hmm. But if you were to get that phone call and think, I was just talking to a person, it's like, dude, no, you weren't. <laughs> That, and I've seen like, the, yeah. the stills from the movie and looking yeah. at her, you'd be like, except for the whole TV yeah. part, you'd mm-hmm. just be like, by her face, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a person. Okay. Yeah, well, that's the interesting thing, is that the robot, Ava, played by Alyssa Bikander, who's extraordinary in it. Are they programmed for love? They are indeed. Um, she, she can feel the love tonight. She most certainly what can. what happened, yeah. <laughs> there yeah, you go. She, um, so, yeah, she is, a, yeah, her, the android, what's interesting about her, she's designed by Jacques, the comic book artist who did uh, um, Black Mirror, the Scott Snyder Batman story. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that oh, okay. guy, artist Jacques. Um, and he did. He's doing witches currently with Scott Snyder now. A bunch of great stuff. Anyway, they got him to design it, and uh, some incredible special effects people to do it. And basically, she you can see the actress's face beyond that. Um, she's basically like an open, see-through mechanical robot. It's very cool design. But what's amazing about her performance is that, as hard as it is not to be distracted by the extraordinary mechanics, she's so evocative that you kind of are always sort of paying attention to her. She, rather than doing any sort of, like, herky-jerky robot thing, has sort of, has a very sort of balletic, um, almost musical, like, sort of set, almost like a sense of, like, almost idealized human movement, where it's creepy so how perfectly she Straight is. off the bat, Garland was like, we're not going to be having her do the robot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, it, uh, so, yeah, he starts doing the test, and things get kind of creepy because she very clearly starts trying to seduce him, and Officer Isaac admits that he specifically gave her gender and sexuality because, in his argument... Well, two things. Number one, that all living beings reproduce. It's sort of an, uh, one of the most necessary drives and what defines a uh, living being. And B, it's fun. Those are his two reasons. Okay. And, um, Why not? Okay. I would do too. If I totally. made a real money, it would have a sex exactly, and it would yeah. try to make it seduce people and exactly. you know, program exactly. it for love. So that's his thought. And that's the first sign for Gleason that things are a little up and things get weird from there. Uh, yeah, Oscar Isaac plays a re- really interesting Sort of, it's not your stereotypical computer geek by any means. He's got a gigantic beard. He is kind of like a bear of a man. Um, works out all the time. Gets drunk by himself all every night and causes a ruckus. So um, he's got Gleason sort of. He's got his whole compound set up so Gleason can only get into certain rooms. Everything's very controlled, and it becomes increasingly clear that he's very much manipulating Gleason. While at the same time, Ava seems to be uh, manipulating him, and Gleason also turns out to be a bit of a dink himself. So. 
It's a game of three-handed, three-headed, it's sort of a game of three-headed psychological warfare in addition to being exploration of the nature of artificial intelligence. And on top of all that, it's not just a sort of dry, serious uh, piece of work. It's also very darkly, weirdly funny. There's a disco dancing sequence in it. There's a lot of very, uh, there's a lot of very perverse imagery involving uh, naked lady robots that I don't want to get into beyond mentioning that they're there as a warning. And um, and by the end, it essentially transforms into a horror film and a pretty good one. The thing um, is, can you get drunk alone when you have AI around? Yeah, why not? That's the thing, though. Are you well, really I guess alone? As, as long as the... Ooh. Oh, I see. There you go. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I, I like this film a lot, if that wasn't clear. I mean, ultimately, you know, we've seen AI movies before. This isn't, like super groundbreaking it doesn't yeah. add a hell of a lot new to it but it is so how does it compare to AI I know I actually, lo- I actually love AI okay. I have to say I Even really truly do yeah I do okay. it's, it's like a Kubrick movie every time I watch it I get more out of it because okay. I mean I know a lot of people took issue with that ending, and I did so. the first time too okay. but I have we can talk about that another time that's All a right. long conversation but yeah, there's a lot going on there it's kind of fascinating anywho um yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's what's, what's so impressive to me is it is very clever and you know sort of very much constructed as a kind of smarty pants. Uh, isn't this interesting movie? But at the same time, it is incredibly viscerally entertaining from start to finish. It's weird. It's funny. It's dark. It's spooky. Um, it, yeah, it's just kind of everything you want out of a uh, science fiction horror genre film. And um, as someone who's enjoyed Alice Garland's work for a long time, it's really exciting to see that he's sort of reached this level of success, and I hope it does well, and he's able to make more because he seems to have he seems to have matured into an interesting director. In so, like, what, what's your writer. gut feeling on the commercial audience reaction to this? Is this Twenty Eight Days Later, or is this Sunshine? Because um, <laughs> Sunshine was, I st- I love Sunshine. Yeah. I enjoy that movie, but it made me sad how it you know performed or didn't yeah, yeah. in the box office somewhere in the middle okay. i don't think it's gonna it's certainly not going to be a big unexpected hit um like, okay like 28 days later but it's not i mean just based on scale alone it's not gonna bomb like sunshine they're not sort of anticipating it to be sort of a blockbuster i think it's got cult movie written all over it okay um i hope i i would love it to find an audience i hope it does i think it deserves it um unfortunately the avengers comes out next week so i think people will be distracted by that i would think of the same audience that enjoyed spice yeah. and yet at the same time yeah. you know it's like movies like this audience, yeah. yeah at the same time movies like this always have like you know a second shot at life on, exactly. on video this one's gonna yeah. yeah this one's gonna live long and do better sort yeah. of outside of theaters yeah but. and then yeah especially like as time passes and then more yeah. and more people come to the movie for sure later for sure. And, you know, so. But I do really recommend going to see it in theater if you can. It has a very interesting look to it. And okay. It's, it's definitely worth it. Well, it's like, what, does, does it benefit from, like, 3D or IMAX or any of that stuff? There's no 3D or IMAX, okay. but right. it's theatrical is about more than that, man. Okay. Didn't you also talk to Mr. Garland? I did. Phil? And he's a cool guy. check that out. It's on the website. There you go. And I guess it'll be in the issue as well. I think there's going to be two. It's two different... Co- it's yeah. actually two different ones, too. Yeah. It'll be All two the stuff about Ex Machina is on the website, yep. and other projects of his will be in the next issue. There you go. So you can get all sorts of that. Enjoy. Um, very quickly, two other movies this week. There's The Water Diviner, which Russell Crowe directed. Oh, and is garbage, but I'll give him credit for this. It is. Is this his first movie that yep. he's directed? Directorial debut. And how does he compare to Alex Garland? Is it not not nearly as well? Okay, um, it's pretty garbage. But I will say this: he's managed to create a movie that is the equivalent of his lazy, horrible performances from the last decade. Okay, so he's consistent at least. And I'll does he that. compose any memorable shots nope. where you were like, "That was a really nice." I mean, like I'll say frame. this: it was That's more it. competent than I anticipated. Okay, but it was no less stupid. Were you or expecting a waste of my time. fighting okay. around the world? I was. I was. Um, yeah, and it's just so sad to me 
because I actually really like Russell Crowe when he tries, um, and he hasn't for like a decade, and it's getting harder and harder to watch. Um, so yeah, don't do that. And then there's also a Western called The Salvation with Mads Mikkelsen. Um, plays Hannibal. Um, and it's a Danish film. He's a Danish dude. And it's just a very sort of straightforward, harsh uh, revenge Western um, that doesn't really have much going on beyond that surface. But, man, it is dark and violent and twisted. And Mads Mikkelsen, since he has a very, uh, you know, evocatively grizzled face and is good at stony silences, the man was made to be a stoic Western hero, and he does well here. Eva Green is in it, adding to her uh, collection of sort of weird eccentric femme fatale characters she's played over the last yeah, few years. Yeah, she seems to be pretty good at that. She's yeah. really good at it. This mm-hmm. one she plays a woman who was at one point kidnapped by bandits who tore her tongue out so she can't speak. But oh, wow. she's still okay. so but she's which is a Western convention of mm-hmm. a silent hero and but she's still yeah, she's I mean she's great in it despite not having a single line of dialogue. So yeah, if you like a good, dirty, nasty western this is this is the salvation is there totally worth actually aren't that many of those around anymore there are, so, they don't really yeah. make them anymore yeah. and the only real problem like the only reason why some people have been disappointed with it is that like so few westerns are made now mm-hmm. that when we see one we expect it to be like unforgiven or django or something that sort of deconstructs uh, the okay. western yeah. which is not to say those aren't wonderful yeah. movies but it's sometimes just the western you, used to be just yeah. like a b movie yeah. as well and that's what this is and that's a great time but mm-hmm. if you're expecting anything other than just violent nasty revenge mm-hmm. then you're then don't do it so how does that, it stack up do to, it. like, The Quick and the Dead? <laughs> <laughs> it's better than Quick and the Dead. Oh, no, right, actually, okay. I'd say about on par with Quick and the Dead. Okay. It's about, it's about a uh, Quick and the Dead uh, quality film, but okay. far more nasty. Okay. Yeah. I do not like Westerns. I still enjoy The Quick and no, the Dead. No, I find that impossible to believe. <laughs> I don't. Do you dislike all Westerns? I just dislike... The only Western, and I use the air quotes, I yeah. can consider liking was Wild Wild West with yeah. Will Smith. I tried to watch Gallo Walkers uh, recently, and I just... Couldn't even do it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and that has freaking blade in it. But have you seen like uh, what about Django? You didn't like Django? I I didn't even try to watch it because I knew I wouldn't like it. Why? Just really but you like Tarantino like movies, don't you? I do, but I also didn't watch uh, Inglorious Bastards because I knew I wouldn't like it either. Why? I'm just not the. I just know what I like and what I don't like. I hate westerns. But I you truly like Tarantino do. though, right? I do, but I really you understand hate that westerns. it's more a Tarantino movie than anything else. I also know that I just I think it would make I just know I wouldn't like Here's the thing, I just Mel. know Here's I thing, hate Mel. anything I, to do with years, westerns. I for years was convinced I hated westerns too. But I've tried and then to I started watch seeing so good many. ones. Have you? And like just, Unforgiven? Did you try Unforgiven? I've tried a lot of like Magnificent Seven. Tr- oh, like old like boring old ones. Westerns, I see. Um, have, you tr- have you tried Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? Yeah, I have. And I you just, didn't like I, that? It's not my thing. I just something about the western genre I don't like, and I can't pinpoint what it is. I just know that I don't like it. Lack of cell phones. Yeah. No, because I'm not huge into technology no. either. I just there's something about westerns that I don't like. I find it hard to believe you wouldn't like Django. No. I I actually think Django would just make me uncomfortable with anything else. Why? Because of the racism. It's not racist. It's incredibly racist. Well, there it? are racist characters in it, but that doesn't make it a racist movie. Well, there are race issues in it. Yeah. Yeah. I just I have no interest in seeing Django. But why? I just don't. I know like I won't enjoy though. it. I don't like all of Tarantino's oh, stuff. Oh really? I thought you did. I like that was you my know. Mistake. Pulp Fiction and... Kill Bill? Kill Bill. Everybody likes Kill Bill. Reservoir Dogs? And the room he directed in Four Rooms. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Which is like actually Reservoir just Dogs? A, a Hitchcock thing. So. Yeah, do you like Reservoir Dogs? I do like Reservoir Dogs. Do you like True Romance? I haven't seen it. Do you like From Dusk Till Dawn? Yeah. Do you like Jackie Brown? i never seen that. So... I don't think I like Jackie Brown either. So, into, like, so just to confirm, every single one you've seen you've liked. Yes, but I know I wouldn't like Inglorious Bastards because it's too violent. And I know I wouldn't like... <laughs> 
too Django. violent. When has that ever been a you problem like for you? You like horror movies. Yeah. I don't understand this. Okay. It, there's a different level. I don't like war violence or true violence or car- anything like that. But this that. is Tarantino. Like, it's cartoon. This is in no way realistic. Uh, I've, I've been told I probably wouldn't like it. I believe. I, I guarantee you'd like it, though. I guarantee. Maybe I will watch I, I it this weekend. I actually guarantee you would like it. I, maybe I will watch it this weekend. And if I, I hate it, you can't keep telling I me I don't like stuff. No, I think I don't it's like not it. that. It's just I think English. But Django, if the race, I really, yeah, if the, the race, race issues make you uncomfortable, then that's, a, then that's a completely different that. thing. But with Inglorious Bastards, I promise you, it's not the movie you think it is. I know is you it? think it's like a Dirty Dozen type thing, and it's Isn't or it Saving also Private like war Ryan. Stuff, yeah, it takes yeah. place during the war. Usually, I don't watch war films. Yeah, but it's you'd be surprised. It's yeah. not. It, it is like a big. Goofy, wild, okay, like, it's more I'm, like Kill Bill than Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, the thing is, I won't watch Saving Private Ryan. So yeah, I would not like. That. I totally get that. Yeah, but I honestly, I think you'd be surprised. It's not what you think. It's, it's not that be. violent, actually. Exactly. Glorious Bastards. Yeah. Violent. Pretty violent. As far as war movies go, I mean, I mean like, like you know, compared to like Saving Private Ryan and suppose, uh, Band of Brothers and I all of those other movies with I mean, the huge, like, elaborate yeah, D-Day yeah, invasions like, and all. I know it doesn't do that. But I mean, like it's not realistic, certainly. But there's some nasty stuff in there mm. sure but there's a fine line i guess for me when it comes to, to violence i know like but this is like I, which versus, i totally yeah. get i understand the position you're taking on this i'm just it's it's like kill bill violence it's okay. not like yeah. that i could it's, it's not like large-scale traditional warfare yeah. d-day stuff yeah like, i just tend like to steer clear of yeah. war it's movies i usually will not enjoy them totally so why get. would i sit it's and absolutely watch not realistic yeah. at all, all right, it's a very different thing because i kill bill's hilarious and it's got magneto in it so Magneto? Yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah, like, it does have... Yeah, you mean Michael Fassbender. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, Little yeah. Magneto? I still think of Ian McKellen as Magneto. Okay, that's true. Admit. Yeah. Um, but uh, Little Magneto and non-Little yeah. Magneto. Yeah, Magneto Jr. Yeah. or something like but that. But anyway, Young like, you Magneto, so. totally Maybe give I'll the watch it, because I've been looking for something to watch. I think you'd like it. I really do. It's it's not what you think it is. Okay. Because yeah. from like what I get from people, I'm like, it sounds like something I don't want to watch. No, trust me. You'll be into it. All right. I will try it. You'll like it. I have a whole list of things I have to watch. I prioritize that Inclu- one, including Interstellar, which we mentioned today. I was like, I want to watch Interstellar. I've heard good things. It's hard science fiction. Yeah, that one. I Why don't, do you think that? I don't think you'd like me. that at all. I like science fiction. Do you? Okay. But like long, I will, serious. I will loan you the Blu-ray, fiction. and like we will see what stuff? you think of it. No, Moon's a thriller. It's pretty slow for a while. Have you By seen your standards? Have you yes. seen 2001: Space Odyssey? Yeah, I haven't 2001: Space Odyssey. Yeah, I saw Odyssey. that, that so ever, like so long ago. Yeah. Okay. Would that do it for you? Interstellar. I, I think I actually really like. Okay. Uh, I like. All right. I will loan you both. I don't I will, mind slow I will heavy loan you, things if the story right. is good. I will like, loan you Interstellar yeah, and 2001: Space though. Odyssey. That, yeah. For two hours, the story's okay, and then things go off the rails. See, the thing is, I can't do. I don't like slow when I'm going to a horror movie to see the horror. Yeah. If I go into a movie knowing it's a drama or a yeah. long, it's fine. I can I do that. It's, just, a, it's a certain level of thing. Yeah. Like, what's a slow movie that you like? I'm trying to think of something. I yeah, can't think of. I rest my case. I'd have to go and like. It's fine, Mel. You I'm can't not go it's like bad. snap things out of my brain. I, you can't because that's how few slow movies you like. Yeah. I can't think of a single one off the top of your head. Depends on how slow. <laughs> See, that's because I mean, like you know, I can I sit tend there. I not to watch slow movies often yeah. because I have to be in the right mood to watch. But right. like you know, I, I can sit there and I can watch like Apocalypse Now or Lawrence of Arabia or Gone yeah. with the Wind. I'm sorry, just, like, I've watched three Gone, and a half hour epics. I have watched just, Gone with the Wind more okay. than ten times, and I'm named after Melanie from Gone with the Wind. Okay, so yeah. I thought yep. you don't like movies with racism. Gone with the Wind was different. 
Why? It's a classic. <laughs> Why? It's so offensive. Django is not classic. Gone with the Wind is classic. And I was named after one of the characters I kind of had to watch I it the totally first time. Get and that, I also read the book I for totally Gone with that, the Wind. I totally get that, but I'm just saying, Gone with the Wind is actually a racist movie. Oh, yes. Yeah, Django's not racist. It just has people yeah. who are racist in it. And I did read the There's book for difference. Gone with the Wind. Okay. I can do slow. I just have to be in the right mood for it. And right. usually I just want to watch horror movies, so. That's totally fair. I'm going to watch it. Okay, so if I were to loan you 2001 A Space Odyssey and Interstellar, I wouldn't see these for a couple of years. No. Definitely. She still has stuff that I let her last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, definitely. maybe I'll hold off on the loan then. Yeah. And just, well, no, yeah. I, yeah. You remember I let you Man Bites Dog in oh, September? Yeah. Yeah. That I totally forgot about. Okay, I'll I wait. I it out of the way yeah. so the cats wouldn't oh. touch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just wait on that then until you've no, cleared just, out your backlog. I will just download it. Okay. Because that's how cheap I am. Mm-hmm. No, because I actually watch a lot of things with... Yeah, not my slow stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's not mine. It's mine. Okay, <laughs> that's Phil's, and that's yeah. an amazing movie. It is. Slither. It's great. That's good stuff. Anyway, we should probably wrap this up. Well, well have we played anything? We played, played State anything. of Decay. Do you want to talk right, about it? Or? It's a it's a zombie survival game that came out on the Xbox 360 Did a while back. It was uh, now they've ported it over to the Xbox One. So <laughs> the uh, the problem, I guess, if you even want to call it that, is that this was like you know a small indie hit. On the Xbox 360, so bumping it up to 1080p really didn't do much for it because the production values were never there to begin with. But yeah, it's it is a zombie survival horror more in line with kind of like um, uh, which one was the second of the dead movie? Was that Dawn of the Dead? The the shopping mall of the original ones. Yeah, Yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, so it's it's a bit more like Dawn of the Dead in that you know it's like you get a main character and it's at the start of the zombie apocalypse and the whole game really is about just you know going securing a compound, forging alliances with people, earning their trust, and then like you know venturing out and just trying to scavenge stuff so that you can keep going from day to day, surviving against the zombies. So it's it's not like you get in there guns blazing and you just shoot zombies everywhere. It's really more like do you have enough medicine? Do you have enough food? Do these people trust you? If you need to get stuff done, you know, it's like, will you be able to do that? So the aspect, you know, the emphasis is really more on the survival than, like, you know, the zombie massacre. Mm. And if you like that kind of thing, and the most interesting thing about it is that if the main character dies, the game keeps going. They just, like, you know, pick somebody else from the party to continue on, and everybody is just like, oh, my God, it's really too bad about what happened to that guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... It's um it's a very well done game, but I mean it's like it is difficult because you you can't save the game, like it 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 does just keep going. So if you screw up, you can't just reload and continue on with that character. It's like it just auto saves, you die, and they move on to like the next character in the party, and you have to keep going. So basically, mm-hmm. you have to live with the mistakes that you make in this game. And um, sounds clever. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting because it, it even just makes it makes everything super tense just because you'll be wandering around and you'll see a house and it'll be like, okay, there could be valuable supplies in that house or there could be like a zombie ambush. So I don't know if I want to take the chance or just keep on going and you know it's like do my thing. So I I do actually enjoy the fact that there's like you know so much tension in the game just based on little decisions like yeah. that. Um, what, like, what's but it's it look hard. like? Is it a top-down? No, it's yeah. it's it's actually like you know third person, like oh, you know, cool. G- GTA style. So, so yeah, you you wander around and you do all of that stuff, and you've got there's a role-playing you know segment to it where you know you build up your strength so that you mm-hmm. can fight better or run better or carry more or are more charismatic and can issue better orders to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
it's it's not for everyone. I mean, if you just want to get in there and shoot zombies, then oh, I mean, this is if there's if there's one thing that's easy to find in video games, yeah. it's the ability to get in there and shoot zombies. Yeah. So people and, will be and able to find yeah, that. Yeah. Exactly. And this game is not like that because also like Resident Evil, it's like, you know, ammo is scarce. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> every time you get into a fight, you're like, do I really want to mm-hmm. waste the ammunition shooting these guys or should I just keep going and hope that I find supplies further on down the line? You can do stuff like barricading the windows and all that when the zombies are like, you know, surrounding the house or the compound. It's it's quite in depth. I mean, it's like I never really got a chance to play the original Xbox 360 game, and mm-hmm. that's that's really one of the only issues that I have with the game is that you know it's like I think it's great and everybody should play it, but it's uh, a remaster of an Xbox 360 game to the Xbox One, mm-hmm. and so you've got a very different situation from something like The Last of Us remastered, where it was like you've got like a ton of people who are on the Xbox 360 that never got a chance to play this game. Now they're on the PS4. This is finally their shot to play it. But like, how many people that own an Xbox One didn't own an Xbox 360 before? And they're like, mm-hmm. I was a PS3 guy in the last generation, and now I'm coming to the Xbox One, so I missed out on the opportunity to play this. It's like, I, I really don't know how much of an audience there is for those guys compared to something like, you know, The Last of Us, because so many people owned an Xbox 360 in the last generation right. that now own a PS4. I don't know how many people you're going to get that only owned a PS3 that are suddenly like, I own an Xbox One now, yeah. and I missed out on this the last time. So, uh, uh, I don't yes, know. That's I mean, true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really great game, and I recommend that everybody play it. I just don't know if the audience is actually big enough to justify it in that sense. But it is a good game. Cool. And I had a lot of fun with it. So. All right. Well, that's good. That is? Um, that's all I can talk about, right? Because yep. there were other games that I not played. But okay, not so yeah, so I'm not going to talk about those. Not technically until 9 a.m. this morning. Okay. But so. you know what that means. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but so they can I, actually find the review of the game you can't talk about right now on the site right now. Okay. Actually, sorry, it was 5 a.m. this morning. Mm. All right. But will, will this be up after 5 a.m.? Yeah. So wait, in, in, in the 5 a.m. in our time-traveling time. Yeah. So tomorrow at 5 a.m. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but the podcast will be up. Uh, technically, I guess, yeah, you could talk oh, about so it. so I can't talk. Okay, fine, Tropical 5. Then yeah. It's like, no, it's, it's just like, yeah. That, <laughs> it's, it's a dictator simulator. I mean, it's like, and it's the fifth game. It's, oh, like, yeah. it's like, so, you know, it's like, I, I liked it. It's, it's already out there. Like, it's been around yeah, for that's, a that's year. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's Tropical 5. It's like, you know, yeah, the, the game's been around forever, and it's like, I, it's like, I liked it. Um, it like I said in my review, this is damning it with faint praise, but you know it's like this is the best simulator on the PS4 right now because there are so few of them out right. there right now. Um, I ended up giving it like what a seven point five. Yes. Yeah, and that's partially because it's like you know yeah the the game is you know it's like really old and it 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 does what it does well, but then there are like you know other things about that game that really really bother me, like the fact that when something is going wrong, it'll tell you something is wrong, but it will not tell you what you need to do to fix it. So you will be sitting there and you'll have like all of these ships that are like ready to deliver goods, but they're not doing it, and the game won't tell you why these ships aren't going off and doing that. Or you'll have all of these apartments which are just waiting for people to move in, and they're cheap apartments, but you still got like tons of people living in shacks and are homeless. And again, the game won't tell you why these homeless people are not moving into these super cheap apartments that you built up. So instead, what you've got to end up doing is like you know going on the internet and doing your research and looking at all of these forums over like the last you know it's like year or two with all of these people having their various tropical five problems. Yeah. And you've 
basically got to do research and homework to play the game, which I don't think that that's a great way to play a strategy game, especially when you're talking about stuff like Civilization and The Sims, where when there's a problem, they always tell you what's wrong and what you need to do to fix it. Tropical 5 doesn't do that. Do you know if the PS4 disc includes, like, there's a lot of looks like DLC for the Steam version? Do you know if that's all? There is DLC for this game, but, I mean, it's like even the DLC that's, you know, available on the Steam version, it's just like, you know, a few extra scenarios that are tacked on okay. so you know it's like it doesn't actually you know it's like add a whole lot you know it's like except to like you know the campaign version maybe but most people are just going to jump into the sandbox and mess around with that and that's where most of the problems come in so you know it's like it's it's a good game it's the best simulator on the ps4 but there's not a whole lot of those out there on the ps4 so so for you strategy junkies who for whatever reason insist on playing on consoles like go out and get this but it's, it's tropical so yeah thank you wayne to read Wayne's full review of Tropical 5, you can see it on cgmagonline.com as well as his review of State of Decay, Phil's review of Ex Machina, as well as his interview with Alex Garland, cgmagonline.com. Also, we are running right now two contests. One is open to Canadian residents only, in which you can win a Subway Sandwich $10 gift card. So make sure you check that out. And you can also win copies of Inherent Vice, I believe that's what it's called, from Warner Brothers home entertainment so make sure you check that out as well both on our website very easy you can enter almost daily get three entries and you might win something super awesome right and Bill? Inherent Vice is a great movie so is you it? absolutely should yeah totally it looks very spacey like very it it's a trippy druggy yeah it's a trip for sure it's a great time so make sure you check that out and of course all our social media uh, Twitter is at CGM plus Phil? Uh, at that Phil Brown Wayne is real Wayne Santos Brendan is BFI26 and I'm Kicks in Chaos K-I-X-X-E-N Chaos we also have Facebook that's facebook.com slash comics gaming magazine also Google Plus google.com slash little plus sign CG Mag online YouTube Instagram we're everywhere at this point in time just find it all cgmagonline.com and we'll see you next week <laughs>